What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Chris Sanchez, and today we have a special guest because she's not a member of Grit. She's not a coach here. She's not a client here, but she is a colleague. Is that the correct word? Acquaintance? Colleague? I feel like I have to be like a like a professor to use the word colleague. Um, but um, Morgan Farrick is here with us today and she'll give you her bio um, in about two seconds. Um, but today's episode is primarily going to be about nutrition, food, diet, um, everything you could ever want to know about that topic because it is a huge topic of discussion um, when it comes to health and fitness. Um, so before we dive into uh, the actual conversation and podcast per usual if you guys enjoy everything that we put out there go and follow us on social media instagram on tiktok facebook um share and like and uh whatever you can do on whatever platform you listen to this on leave a review a rating it helps out tremendously share it with your friends um and all that good stuff so now that the boring stuff is out of the way uh, morgan how are you doing today I am good. It's Friday, so I'm very excited about the upcoming weekend yes. and feeling pretty good, pretty excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so, Morgan, why don't we start off by just giving everyone out there uh, just a brief bio of yourself, who you are, where you went to school, um, all of that good stuff. Cool. All right. So, first things first, I am Morgan. I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and actually went to college out there as well. I went to a school called Marywood University, and uh, I went for nutrition and food and nutrition, and it was pretty exciting. So it was interesting to start with that background because I also did my internship through Marywood. So a lot of the same college, but a lot of different information. and. From there, I got my master's in um, nutrition from the University of Alabama. Wow. Okay. Um, so now you are, and if I'm wrong, correct me, you're a registered dietitian, correct? Yep, correct. What's the big difference between registered dietitian and nutritionist, or is there? Oh, that's a great question. To be a registered dietitian, you have to complete an internship that is I forget the exact number, but X amount of hours of study, as well as a uh, proctored exam. So we had to do internship, then exam, and then you can practice as a dietitian. Gotcha. Nutritionists can be somebody who does precision nutrition or any other just like um, NASM-based nutrition education. Gotcha. Where... The biggest difference is with dietitians, we can do more calories, we can do clinical, and it's a little bit more science-based. Gotcha. So you're better than a nutritionist is basically. I pretty yes. much you can say, better than a nutritionist. I, that's, that's what I gathered from what you just said. You are better than a nutritionist, yeah. which is fantastic. So it, everything that you are going to hear today, folks, um, it's great. Great information because Morgan is the shit. Um, all right, so uh, tell me a little bit about like whenever it happened. What first got you into health and fitness, and I guess more specifically nutrition? Um, so it's a fun story. I was seven years old and wanted to be a vegetarian. Okay. Um, Wait, why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think really one of my cousins was like, I don't eat meat. And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> So I went to my parents and I was like, hey, mom and dad, I want to be a vegetarian. And my dad was just like, hell no. Uh, You'll die if you eat, if you don't eat meat. And I was like, all right, I guess 
I won't do do that then. And as I got kind of older and into it, once I was 17 or 18, I kind of like convinced my mom, like, stop doing red meat because I hate it. I never yeah. really enjoyed steak. It was never really my deal. So, and we ate a lot of it growing up. So like I fed it to the dog and I would just get in trouble. They would yell at me all the time. Gotcha. So I convinced my mom to eat more chicken. And then when I decided to go to college, I looked at my dad and I said, I am going to school. I'm living there, even though it's only 10 minutes away. And I'm going to stop eating meat now. And he was just like, you're still going to die. <laughs> so part of it was because I wanted to convince him I can live a life without meat. I still eat fish mostly to make him happy, but right. I enjoy it. So it's not hard to keep that in my diet. Gotcha. And I... Uh, then I was like, I'm doing this because I want to learn how to do it the right way. Right. It's mostly because like a couple of my girlfriends decided to be vegetarians as well when we were in high school, just because I think it's like one of those fads. Yeah. And we would just eat like French fries and pasta. And I knew that that wasn't going to, I would actually probably die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that was part one. And then part two was actually my dad was diagnosed with diabetes when I was younger as well. And I've always wanted to help people learn how to, like, manage diseases, really. Yeah. So once he was di diagnosed with that, I was like, well, I don't want you to die, so I'm going to help you learn how to eat better. Right. So from there, kind of, like, sparked into, hey, I actually really love teaching people how to eat well. I want to learn the science behind this, and here I am today. Awesome. Now, are you still... A vegetarian today are you meat eater i don't eat any uh land animals so okay. chicken poultry beef so would that pork all out by you as a pescatarian then yeah gotcha okay um so uh, so I, I feel like this is going to be a question that we're going to dive deep into we'll, we'll i guess we'll just see how the conversation takes us so um, so like when new clients come to us, um, we are basically trying to educate them on how to be healthier overall, not just in terms of how to work out. Like, yes, that's a, that's a piece of the pie, but it's, there are seven other pieces that you need to complete in order to be like a well-rounded individual. We try to educate these people, like, listen, you know, for where you're at, for 99% of people that come in here, it's about longevity and quality of life. You know, like we're not just looking to get these people looking good for summer. And yeah, like some people have that goal, but we're always very long term in our approach for these people. And it's more along the lines of like um, teach a man to fish as opposed to just give a man a fish. So mm -hmm. like we're trying to educate these people to basically enhance their life from the day they meet us until the day that they basically kick the bucket. Um, and the way that we do this is we try to teach them about like staples or like the, the foundational components of all like a, a, a quality training program. Um, so what are some of the nutritional staples that you find to be true when it comes to an overall healthy diet or outlook on just nutrition in general? Oh, okay. Um, when at first clients like first come to me, my biggest thing that I originally start with, and then I reiterate it over and over again, and I feel like I repeat myself on every client call, is balance. Mostly because you can eat super clean, but you probably won't be happy for the rest of your life if you never have a pizza or a french fry. So it's all about balancing like the super healthy with the maybe not so healthy stuff, Yeah. but then also balancing your plate and your day. So thinking about like, making sure you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because again, 
I'm sure the internet tells you sometimes breakfast is bad or God only knows what everybody yeah. else says. But when you have those th- that staple and foundation of breakfast, lunch, and dinner kind of down pat, it's a, it's a good starting point. Gotcha. Um, along that line of balance, I also focus on, like, what does your plate look like? Mm-hmm. So does a plate full of chicken fulfill you? Maybe for an hour, but then 20 minutes later or an hour later, you're looking for something else. So kind of thinking of different food groups on your plate. Right. So a fruit, a vegetable, if depending on like the time of day, but at least a protein, at least a starch at every meal as well, mostly for maintaining your appetite, maintaining your hunger status, and then also just keeping you feeling energized throughout the day. Gotcha. So these staples do you find them applicable to almost everyone you meet with regardless of their goal or the approach that they want to take like if someone comes to you and they say like i want to lose weight and i want to do ketogenic diet like do you find yourself kind of saying the same things to someone who would come in and say like i want to be able to run a marathon um but i love ice cream like are you like i know those are radically different but like is your approach similar in any way? It is. It, okay. I mean, if it's somebody who's coming to me with a fad diet, I ask them, why? Really? <laughs> why are, Why did you decide to do this? Because the internet said so. <laughs> yeah, because carbs are bad. Yeah. Um, it's really just to ask them. I ask, like, where, like, what did you find success with this in the past? Or if you did do that, then why are you working with me? Because obviously if they've tried a keto diet or tried intermittent fasting and then all of a sudden they're working with a dietitian, clearly something's not right. Right. Um, What changes between a client who's looking for weight loss and and, uh, like training for a marathon is their needs. So their plates will look the same for the most part, but somebody running a marathon is going to need a lot more carbs than Mm -hmm. somebody who's losing weight. But that person who has the weight loss goal will still get to eat them. Gotcha. So speaking of fad diets, kind of going off of the script that I have written here today, um, what is your opinion on the ketogenic diet? Because I feel like that's the the in diet right now. Yeah, um, I hate it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it except for the fact that I actually just I hate it. Um, my coworkers and I actually like kind of laugh about it because it's very similar to the carnivore diet that was like years ago Yeah. and clients, yes, they'll lose weight because they're in a calorie deficit, but then the second they eat a carb or the second they go get their blood work done, their cholesterol's through the roof and their weight goes from 10 pounds down to 20 pounds gained. So not my favorite thing by any means. And I also just love carbs anyway. So Yeah, who doesn't? I, well, and we need them. Like our brains and our body thrive on carbs, so yes. taking that away is just not great. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm under the impression, and maybe you can either confirm or deny this, but like when people go to a ketogenic diet and they lose all this weight, I always tell them, I'm like, yeah, it's probably because you cut out the shit that you were eating. You know, the refined carbs and the cookies and the crackers and the donuts and the chips and the ice cream. Like when you go from that and you're eating whatever 1500 calories worth of that and then you go from uh you replace it with you know meat and all these like protein and fat dense sources like it's going to keep you fuller for longer you're going to get more quality you know sources of calories and food that's going to keep you more satisfied and fuller for longer so like it's not because you're carb free it's because you just eliminated the shit that you shouldn't be eating in the first place yeah and it's like i mean 
obviously people have their opinions and they'll swear by it and they're like no 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 like carbs are evil it's just (laughs) that um, and intermittent fasting is another one that like yeah i can't quite get behind my brother-in-law's done it and he's been really successful Mm -hmm. but like every time i look at him i'll just like say hey hey jace like let's have breakfast today because you know you kind of need it yeah and it is it's 100 percent like what what kind of foods are you eating and what are you eliminating right. if you're if you're gonna eat the shit like you're gonna you're definitely gonna feel like shit so having a better quality diet leads to a better quality of life right and you'll still see success either way so when a client comes to you and they say i want to intermittent fast and you ask them why what are some of the main reasons that they tell what are the things that they read on the internet that mm. they're telling you uh that's a great question i have two or three clients right now who have said it to me and I said like all right let's do this you can try it but in two or three weeks when you're not feeling great we can we'll revisit and that's happened so I let them give it a go but the reasoning is honestly I think like they'll say like they don't have enough time to eat or um, they've read the internet says they're gonna burn more fat right but when they try it they then are like well i'm tired all day long or i'm i don't have the same amount of energy as i did for my workouts and i just like kind of roll my eyes on the call and like you know that i was going to tell you that but i let you try it first because i didn't want to shoot them down right but then now like those two clients who've who've tried it out they'll be like all right well i'm gonna do it for like one day and i let them do it to kind of compromise but then for the most part they're like I'm still eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I feel really great on those days. Right, yeah. Go. So, yeah, so, like, the, the big things that I read about for intermittent fasting where it's, like, it does a good job of, like, helping control and optimize your hormones, which, like, I don't think I buy into that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to me, it's very similar to ketogenic. Like, it's just instead of eliminating carbs, you're just eliminating a block of time where you're not eating. So it's doing a good job of helping you control overall calories so when you go from you know eating at 8 a.m 11 a.m 1 p.m 3 p.m like if you eliminate a block of time you're not eating of course you're going to take in less calories and you're going to lose weight because you're not eating as much um so now i do admit i intermittent fast but i'm very i'm not strict with it Mm -hmm. so like if i have a day like yesterday i i was like starving by like 9 a.m and i i bring stuff with me so like i had a protein bar i was like i i got a I'm feeling like shit. Like I absolutely have to eat something. But the only reason I do it is because it's it works better for my schedule. Like I have to be here at six on mm-hmm. most days. Um, and like I, just, I, I literally don't have time to eat breakfast. Um, but I'm also not very hungry in the morning. So I don't find it like affecting me. Um, but what I try to tell like every, a lot of people come in here they're like, what do you do? I'm like, why do you give a shit what I do? Like I'm not you. Like it doesn't matter what I do. And I'll explain that to them, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it and see if it works." And for some people, it does, and for some people, it doesn't. But um, anyway, we'll we'll kind of get back on on track. <laughs> it's funny though because like clients ask me the same thing. They'll be like, "Well, what do you eat?" And I'm like, "You can't ask me that." Yeah. I have a job where I'm on a call from like back to back from eight to to two, and so my breakfast will be at seven, and my lunch will be at like. 2 30 right. sometimes i eat lunch at four and i'm right. like it works for my schedule but i snack or i do these different things but it's so fun when people ask that i'm like i'm not a good example even yeah. though i'm your dietitian right i please don't ask me because sometimes it's also not great and right. even then like i actually tell clients my like worst qualities of eating more than i tell them like oh i do everything right mm-hmm. because i want to normalize it yeah. mostly like 
you can have a piece of cake and ice cream or if you're going out for your anniversary you should celebrate it with a drink yeah whereas or like even just the summer most specifically like the summer is the hardest part for me but it can be something that's super successful for other clients yeah and i think to me and for i feel like a lot of people that's the most frustrating aspect of nutrition is it's like you know there are like if five guidelines that you should probably follow but how you apply those guidelines there's like six million ways to do it based on like your environment at home and your personal preferences and your taste preferences and your schedule and your commute and it's just like it's not a one size fits all approach and like i feel like a lot of people when they come in here they're just like well I'll just tell me what you do and i'll do that i'm like you don't want to do what i do because i don't eat until 11 or 12 almost days and then sometimes i have a really small lunch when i go home and then i have like a huge dinner i'm like can you do that would you survive on that and it's like most people probably not but that's what works for me. Like I like, I like bigger meals, and I like feeling like satisfied at the end of it. Like I hate grazing. It's just not doesn't <laughs> it's work for me. The complete opposite of yeah. me. <laughs> See, and th and that's kind of like the point I'm making is like everyone's like a little bit different. It's like what doesn't work for me, you know, might work for you. But I'm sure we're still following the same principles. You know, like we're still adhering to, you know, make sure I'm not eating too many calories, make sure I'm getting enough protein, make sure I'm eating real food, make sure I'm drinking mostly water. And it's like, as long as we do those things, you can do it however you want to do it. I can do it however I want to do it. You know, maybe I enjoy comedies and you like horror movies. Like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. we're, we're both different, but we both enjoy cinema. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That's this so is true. The stupidest analogy I've ever made. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so moving on. So I think we maybe kind of touched on this i'm getting really hot i'm gonna take off my sweater um so when it comes to i know we kind of talked about like fad diets and stuff like that um what are some of the more common myths and kind of misconceptions that you hear from a lot of your clients um or i guess like mainstream media like the stuff that you see on whatever uh, i can't think of any social media the platforms instagram instagram <laughs> yeah uh, it's interesting because I've really, over time, like, personally have, like, decreased a lot of those on my personal social media. So, mm -hmm. like, what's, when clients come to me, and this, even just in the past, like, even in the past as well, I don't know those things. So, even keto diet or even, like, intermittent fasting, when clients come to me, I usually have to do research on actually what they are. Because in school, we learned the science of nutrition. We right. really barely learned how to counsel clients. It was just like, here's how your body works, and here's how it makes it makes you lose or gain weight. And it's just like really interesting to think. So then going from learning the science to then counseling clients, right. it was just like kind of an eye-opener because they would just be like, well, I'm going to do this diet. And I'd be like, I never, I never heard of that. Like, right. tell me more. So I think a lot of the like the influencers talk about specific fad diets like one of the things that i i saw recently was like some chia seed drink nice. that everybody is doing to like help clear their systems and sounds it, legit it's one of those crazy things that worked one time for one person and then all of a sudden it's all over tiktok so yeah. i don't really um i don't think there's anything in specific that i hear over and over besides like your typical i think it's like keto most people go gluten-free, mostly because I think they think it's cool. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then I guess probably intermittent fasting would be another big one. 
And I don't know if I know any others off the top of my head. I'm sure there's a million that clients come to me and they're like, I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, mm, we're just going to eat. Um, so that would probably be the most. Is that, am I answering the question? Right? Yes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the favorite, one of my favorite videos that I've ever seen online, I think it was a Jimmy Kimmel video. And they went on the streets of LA and they basically interviewed random people in the streets and they were like, are you gluten free? And 90% of them said yes, because they're in Los Angeles. Oh and God. they were like, what is gluten? And not a single person could even tell you what gluten was, what it did in your body, or how it affected you. It was just like the cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like, I'm in the kind of stance, I'm like, you know, if gluten doesn't bother you, and you don't have celiac disease, and it doesn't like mess up your stomach and like make like eat it. Like, cause for the longest time, I, um, got rid of like grains in my diet just cause like I thought like that's what everyone was saying. They're like, Oh, go grain free. Like you're not meant to eat it. You're not meant to digest it. And I eliminated it and I didn't notice anything. I felt the same. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, I want a fucking sandwich. And I went home and I made a sandwich and I didn't feel any different. And I was like, this is stupid. Go figure. Like, <laughs> so yeah. But, um, anyway, moving on. Um, so kind of piggybacking off of that question in terms of like myths and misconceptions, um, what are some of the more common stumbling blocks or hurdles that prevent most of your clients or just people in general from seeing success when it comes to their nutrition? Because I know when people come to us with their training, there is usually like three things that like eight out of 10 clients are going to struggle with. Um, so I'm just curious if you come across like similar instances where most people struggle with the same thing and you just come up with different strategies on how to overcome that particular you know person's situation yeah i would say uh one of the big ones is like holidays and events mm -hmm. are always big because it causes a big it causes anxiety in a couple of different ways for clients one i'm on a diet how am i going to manage this or two like this is this is going to be an event where i'm just going to binge right. so i think that's one of the biggest ones that i'd say like when working with clients like Weekends, events, and holidays all kind of go into the same category. Right. Um, another big one is like if they are on a journey of like weight loss or health and fitness and their family's not on board with it is yeah. another big challenge, mostly yeah. because especially since I preach like for my women clients, like I want even or my men, like I want mom or dad to eat the same meal as each other because yeah. then like their kids are being influenced so right. like that's another big i think like i have a lot of clients who say like i don't want to make two meals i want to <laughs> be able to have one meal for the yeah. entire family yeah as a as a parent that's it i can only imagine totally agree to that <laughs> a thousand percent although it's probably tough because like with like with your kids they're probably yeah. like i want chicken nuggets and mac and cheese yeah. <laughs> and then i say to the mom like you could you can have that. You can have mac and cheese and, yeah. and chicken nuggets, but like maybe just add a salad so that your yeah. kids also see you eating greens. Yeah. That approach has uh, not worked for me so far. <laughs> um, so I, I actually want to revisit the first point um, mm. where you said holidays and like social events um, where there's like a lot of temptations and whatnot. So what are you telling clients and how to handle that? Um, one, be mindful. So allow yourself to indulge, indul man, indulge in the treats. <laughs> Sorry. Um, because otherwise, like, you'll leave that party feeling frustrated and right. be like, I didn't get any fucking cake. Like, yeah. I want this. So one is really, like, creating the mindfulness and then also, again, kind of that go going back to that foundation of balance. Gotcha. You have a spread full of food. Grab yourself a appetizer plate. And then that way you're not grazing. Mm -hmm. You're mindfully putting 
uh, potato chips and fruit on your plate at the same time so that it's not one plate full of just like straight potato chips, like carbohydrate type of potato chips Mm -hmm. versus let me have chips, fruit, and also like, oh, there's a veggie tray. So let me put a few different things on that plate. Right. And then walk away from that table mostly because then it's grazing and i mean you've been to parties every time you go we stay in the kitchen and we stay by the food of course and you then walk away and you're like wait how much did i actually eat (laughs) so the biggest one is really creating that mindfulness and then to caveat off of that or piggyback off of that it's really going there not starving yeah because that's the other part is like i have a party tonight I'm not going to eat anything until that party because I know I'm going to overindulge. Right. So I generally say, like, don't change your routine. Have a breakfast, have a lunch, have a snack before you go if you really want to, depending on the time that it is. Right. And then you're good because you can think, am I actually hungry? Am I grazing because it's a snack I haven't had in a while or I'm just mindlessly munching on whatever's in front of me? And you walk away feeling much more successful because you're not walking home like oh man i need to unbutton my pants because i just like overdid it yeah so now how do you put out the fire of a client coming to you and they say like i had this party and it was a fucking nightmare and i ate everything and they're like well like what do you tell someone who like the day after like what is your advice to the person who just went completely overboard uh start your day fresh like don't don't think about yesterday let it have happened Drink your water and have a breakfast that is like your normal breakfast. Don't punish yourself because you overdid it um, because your body doesn't know. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I just wanted to double check because I say – Is that what you tell everyone? Yeah. I'm like, listen, (laughs) like, you know, are you you trying to diet for the next like two weeks? And they're like, no. I'm like, three, four, five? Like, no, no, no. This this is a lifelong thing. I'm like, all right, life's pretty fucking long. So like one bad day out of – I can't do the math in my head right now, but like the next however many years, I'm like, you're not going to remember that one day. Like, you're just right. Fuck, like, forget about it. It's like if you have a bad lift, like you come in here and you've missed all your lifts and you hit none of your numbers. I'm like, listen, in two years, are you going to remember how you lifted on January 24th, 2022? And they're going to be like, no. I'm going to be like, all right, then. Right. Shut up. Like, just keep moving on. Like, this is a lifelong thing. So don't get caught up on like one bad thing like it takes more than one bad day bad lift to you know make up an entire like eating whatever i can't think of the right word but you know what I'm yeah yeah i do another big tip too is also just don't weigh yourself the next day um because like it's only gonna (laughs) cause just distress so weight actually with us like uh, a lot of my clients i only have them weigh themselves once a day right some clients if their relationships with foods are not great or just like relationship with the scales not great Mm -hmm. we throw it away yeah but specifically like on those days when i have calls with clients on a friday and they're like i'm going ham this weekend i literally am just like please do not weigh yourself until at least next friday right like i do not want you stepping on that scale because then it just down- causes that downward spiral, and you're like, yeah. well, I fucked everything up. Like, yeah. why am I going to do this? And then it spirals into, well, I fucked up yesterday. Like, I might as well just keep going today and then start over Monday. And yeah. Like, no, that's so dumb. But mm. it's funny you say that because, like, we have a lot of clients who come in here, too. And I'm, it's mostly women. It's almost exclusively women who get so fixated on the the number of their actual weight. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Why, like, why do you care about that number? Like, I, I remember I worked with this one girl once. She was so fixated on weighing 125 pounds. And if she came in at, like, 126, like, 
her week was completely shattered. She was like, and I was like, why the fuck do you care? Like, why? Like, mm-hmm. are you going to be happier if you're one pound? Like, you could honestly just go take a poop and you might get to that number. Like, is right. that it? Like, you're one poop away from happiness? Like, <laughs> why do you care so much? And then, like, I try to tell these people, I'm like, listen, your day-to-day weight will fluctuate for whatever reason like if you slept bad if you ate like a lot of carbs the last day if you had a hard workout the last day if you're stressed out like all of those factors can make you gain or lose like literal pounds in the course of like 48 hours i'm like but it's not fat like it's literally just temporary like right. d- stop like stop obsessing so like i take the approach i'm like if you want to weigh yourself daily go for it but like take it with a grain of salt and I would rather you put more stock into like your bi-weekly weight or your monthly weight. And if it's trending in the right direction, you should be happy. But if it's not, then you have to go back to the drawing board. Um, but it's just like, if like I accomplish one thing by like doing what I do in the health and fitness industry, like I hope that's one of the myths and like whatever mindsets that I can obliterate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really don't want my female clients to like really give two shits how much they weigh. I'd rather them be concerned about their body composition. Is that where you want it to be? And it's just like trying to educate, you know, mostly women. Like, listen, you can weigh more and look better and feel better, but like, it's just fucking cosmopolitan has it just beaten into (laughs) your head. Counted into your head. Yeah. It's, that's something uh, we practice, I practice a lot as well, actually. Like when clients come to me, and I've had this conversation with a couple of clients even just this week where they're like, I want to be this weight. And I'm like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about me. I was my heaviest weight when I was marathon training and <laughs> I didn't look the heaviest weight that I did because my body composition changed. Right. And so when, when somebody comes to me and they say like, I have this weight loss goal, I kind of have them explain like, what does that feel like to you? Do you fit in your clothes better? Do you have more energy? Do you like the way you look in pictures? And none of those three questions are related to a weight. Like yeah. If you say to yourself, like, if you look at your picture from 1992 and you see this, like this weight, you don't know how much you weighed in that picture. Right. So who cares how much you weigh? Yeah. How are you feeling in your clothes? Yeah. Fly, like using body composition is a huge one for me. I have clients take pictures as awkward as they are. I do it. And yeah. I just say, like, it's fun to see your body changing that way. Oh, yeah. Especially because, like, you look at yourself every day, but when you look at yourself in February compared to August, mm-hmm. all that hard work that you just put in shows. Yeah. And that's more important than the scale. And right. that, like, epiphany, like, epiphany in clients yeah, is, yeah. like, my favorite day. Oh, they're yeah. they're like, oh, my God, yes. It's big. I remember once... <clears throat> It was for a post I wanted to write, and I deleted it off the website because my website doesn't exist anymore. But I specifically wanted to gain as much weight – not as much weight as I – but, like, I specifically, like, dirty bulked mm-hmm. from, like, October to January. And I got up to, like, 195, which is, like, the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And my body fat was, like, 21%. I looked like a marshmallow. Like, I really did. <laughs> I had total dad bod without the children. Right. And then I made, like, a deal. I said, all right, from – or maybe it was to February. I don't remember the exact date, but like, I was like, okay, for the next five months, like I'm going to lock it down and I'm going to try. And I took before and after photos and I did every month and like month one, obviously I, I looked like shit and I hated it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is gross. But then come like month four, like after all my shit was like locked in and whatnot. And you look at the comparison, you're like, holy shit. Like, wow. And you're right. You get that epiphany and you're like, 
I'm never going to go back to the way I was. Cause right. it's like, you get this like dopamine rush and you feel great about yourself and you like start to realize there's more to it than just the number on the scale. And it's like, it, it really is a great feeling. So to everyone out there, like if you're just starting before and after pictures can be amazing, an amazing tool for you. And I encourage you to do them. Yeah. Me too. Um, good. Um, so I think we already talked on this next point a little bit. Um, so I know you said like you learned about the science, um, and how your body works and whatnot. And it was very like, you know, detail oriented and like scientific and like numbers and very factual. Um, but how about things like, you know, someone's environment and their daily habits and like their, um, you know, culture and ethnicity and like daily behaviors and almost like the behavioral psychology component of it. Like how big of an impact does that play on someone's like approach to nutrition? Um, I would probably say it's, it's pretty big deal. Like any, any journey is all about like habit building. So creating that habit of, I know that I'm going to be more attentive to fruits, vegetables and whatever I'm, I'm having on my plate is going to be more of that like that building block um environment and culture is interesting because like i've also been reading or i watched uh, a documentary recently called salt acid fat and heat and it kind of just takes you through like how those certain things like there are certain cultures who love salt and like yeah. they can have a ton of it and we come into america and we're just like oh don't eat any salt because right. it's so bad but those cultures thrive on it and their bodies are perfectly healthy so that's something that was interesting to learn, like learning different cultural aspects of food. With my job now, I have clients all over the place. So I had a client in Singapore. I had a client in New Zealand. And like I had to learn how they ate because I was just like, do you have like bands of pasta? <laughs> and they're like, Morgan, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think it's just like it's really interesting to learn those things or even just like a vegetarian diet versus a regular regular diet where beans and carbs are going to be more prominent. Right. So it's all about just like making it work for the individual in that moment. Mm -hmm. But in the habit of like creating the behaviors around those, I think it's that stepping stone of we have habit trackers or I have habit trackers with clients. Like it's in the end, we want nutrition to be like brushing your teeth. Right. Like you don't have to think about it as, as much as you normally do. You wake up, you break, you brush your teeth and you make your bed. Right. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you have your morning routine of breakfast, whether it be a college and coffee, whether it be no breakfast and right. having that, that lunchtime. But creating that habit, I think, is like very huge in the right. long run. Yeah, something that's just sustainable over the course of forever yeah. for the most part. Mm -hmm. I, I tell the same thing to clients too. Like with training, I'm like, listen, if it's not sustainable for years to come, I'm like, you're probably not going to see success with it or you'll see success with it, but then you're immediately going to crash that fast afterward. And I mm -hmm. think it's very similar to like nutrition. Like I had one client who was like adamant about drinking these like shakes for like 30 days, like protein oh, shakes. Yeah. Like that's it. That's all you drank. And this client was like, I lose a lot of weight and I look great after the 30 days. I'm like, what do you do after the 30 days? Like what happens? What's day 31 look yeah, like? Yeah, what's day 31 look like? And I, like I know the answer to the question. You go right back to like how you went to eat and then you not skyrocket or skyrocket, but like you go back to where you were. So it's just like yeah, I think creating those sustainable habits is like paramount. Mm -hmm. Um so now one of the things that I'm curious of cuz I struggle with this in terms of like navigating and helping with clients 
how do you approach when a client comes to you and they say like, I am totally on board with healthy habits, but my family sucks and they do not want to do it with me. Like how, like how do you, and I know every situation is very different, but like, are there any like general tips that you're telling these people? I would think that I have a couple of clients who have like that, that same struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen no matter who it is. Um, control what you can control, I right. think is the biggest part of that. So if your family is ordering out, you can order something different. You don't have to, like, if you're getting a pizza, you can add a salad. So finding ways to sneak healthy in to your right. family's unhealthy habits, I think is the best way to do it. Yeah. And then I think the other aspect of that is portion control. Mm-hmm. Because if you guys are doing Chinese food every single night, finding a way to not go overboard on the carbs or on the, like, the, the junkier stuff of it, <laughs> but, like, finding a way to kind of create, create those little healthy tidbits into that would be the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And then when you have control, because you're not eating the same thing as everybody, breakfast, lunch, and dinner most times, those other meals, have them be as spot on as you can. Gotcha. Yeah. It's... And it's tough because I we we do have a lot of clients in here. Like, obviously, if you're married, like, that is your other half. Uh, And, like, they have a huge impact on how you live your life. And it's, like, it's frustrating when clients come in here. They're, like, like, I try. Like, I really want to go eat healthy, but my husband is just, like, I want to order a pizza tonight. I'm ordering a pizza tonight. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, you only have so much willpower. And if it's at the end of a really long day, you're, like, fuck it. Get pepperoni on that bitch. And then you – or and then it's, like – so it's just tough, and it's one of the things that like I've I've begun to appreciate a lot more when it comes to like just helping clients, just in terms of like how much environment will actually shape and dictate their results. And like it's one of the things that people tell me when they come here, they're like, I come here because it's an environment of like like-minded people. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't I don't fuck around when I come here. Like I come, I put my work in, I get it done, and I go home. And they're like, if I'm at home, like it's just not the same, you know? Like I have kids who want to play and I have my husband who wants to do this so it's just it's just so interesting to me how like 10 years ago I was just like yeah just eat you know vegetables and protein like what's the matter with you you pussy and now (laughs) and now it's like well hold on Chris it's not that easy like there are certain factors in play here that you need to consider Mm -hmm. um so kind of deviating from food um, obviously nutritional supplements. This wasn't on the list I sent you. I added no. this like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, so supplements are obviously a really big topic for like a lot of people and a lot of people take them. Um, what is your stance on supplements overall? And are there like a few that you recommend just for everyone? Um, yes. So obviously like food, pr- uh, food first approach, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what you want to do. You can get every nutrient you need from your food eventually. Um, however, when you have certain gut issues, diet restrictions, all the other fun stuff, that nutrient may be missing. Right. Um, and I, I always say that I'm like an 80-year-old grandma because I have a slew of vitamins that I take. So I, I think that they are helpful. And um, you always want to choose like a good source. So we have one of the ones that I use is actually Hum Nutrition, and it's cool because it's – I like it because it's based off of registered dietitians who go through a quiz, ask you what your diet habits are and what your goals are or, like, what your symptoms are, and then they subscribe um, and you get a prescription – like, a, 
a subscription of it. So they come right. to your every month, which is amazing. Mm. Um, mostly because I'm like, I don't have to think about it and they show up to my door. Right. But I would say like a multivitamin is nothing but beneficial, mostly because like we can't, we will still miss some stuff, even if you have a perfect diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a good one. And then like most of the time and mostly from personal experience in any anti-inflammatory. So an omega-3 is huge mm-hmm. um, because I've not been able to lift my arms above my head at one point from playing tennis. And now I can lift and do heavy things. And I'm like, I could do this and not be sore the next day. And I blame it on or I think like an anti-inflammatory, a.k.a. my omega-3. Right. Um, and then dependent on conversations with clients, I'll suggest certain ones. So like calcium is important for some clients. Um, probiotics are also another one that are generally helpful because everybody's guts just suck mm-hmm. <laughs> more recently. Um, so really like individualized, but I would, I'm not against supplements at all. It's just a matter of like, you need these like specific ones. Don't go crazy and just like buy everything you see at Target. Right. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of the one of the things that annoyed me at uh my previous job which was also your previous job um at lifetime uh where it was like you know you walk these clients down to the cafe and you're like instructed to tell them that they need everything on that wall mm-hmm. they're like you absolutely need branch chain amino acids i don't care if you're an 86 year old lady like you need them like absolutely before you work out before you go for a walk before your knitting session like you better fucking BCA get up or like England and it's just like everything and it just so annoyed me. I was like, man, like do do people really need all of this? Like the average person who's just looking to like be healthy and exercise like moderately just to in like enhance the quality of their life. I'm like, do they really need I don't even remember the supplements that they sold, but it's just like it seems so excessive many. to me. I'm yeah. like I feel like people could get away with like a fish oil, a multivitamin and like maybe a whey protein and like and if you're eating like you know, not like an asshole. Like you're, you're pretty set. Like, yeah. Um, but okay. Just wanted to get your two cents. <laughs> no, um, I, I feel the same. I, I did the same when I got there. I was like, again, in school, we didn't talk about that. It yeah. was just like, here's how to teach. Here's how to make you healthy. And then I went there and they're like, here's the supplement wall. And I was like, I've never heard of half of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like, I'd walk my clients down and then they'd ask me questions about them and be like, if I don't know it, you probably don't need it. Yeah. And they were just like, wow, I, that makes a lot of sense. Like I don't need this crazy ass. I don't even know. I feel like right. some of them are just like so bizarre, but then I would say like, here are the ones. And that's, what's nice too, is like when you have your like foundational ones, yeah. your clients are going to be like, he knows what he's talking about. He knows his shit. He's not trying to just feed me thousands of pills. Right. I'm going to be successful with this. And also consistent because if you're taking 500 supplements a day you're gonna forget them yeah absolutely i take fish oil daily and sometimes <laughs> i still forget to take fish oil like that's the only thing i really take um all right so moving on um I, this is kind of like a deep philosophical question but do you are there any lessons that you've come across in your career up to this point um where you've uh learned a valuable lesson from a failure or just from an interaction with a client or just day-to-day life that you think everyone could benefit from um yeah i would say be gracious with your journey honestly like give yourself grace when you need to give your clients grace when they are having a bad day but like finding that it's much more than just a workout or just more than just nutrition 
and learning about your clients, I think is super helpful. So being that friend and like having the empathy for them, but still knowing how to push them enough, but then teaching your clients like there are going to be bad days. Yeah. I think that's super huge. And it's something that I never really, I've always been like more focused on like, okay, well, here's how we see our progress and success, like blah, blah, blah. And then I've recently, like my coworkers and I have like more of a intuitive eating approach into nutrition, which is very new to me. Right. But I love it. And yeah. it's neat because it's changing relationships with food where you see much longer success, like longer term success. Mm-hmm. And I've learned like the graciousness of that is super helpful. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with us with regards to training. It's like I tell people, I'm like, listen, out of 10 workouts, every time that you come, every 10 sessions, I'm like one to two of them are going to be great. I'm like three to four are going to be really shitty probably. Maybe not three to four, like <laughs> two to three. And I'm like the rest are going to be mediocre, mediocre to good. And I'm like you have to learn how to kind of like go with the ebbs and flows, enjoy the highs, learn from the lows, appreciate the lows because they just make the good days seem that much better. Um, so like don't get down, stay consistent, stay patient. Like it's a long-term game that we're playing here. Like relax if you have one or bad two days, even a bad week. You know, yeah, like it's it happens happen. to everybody. Yeah, it really does. Like a lot of people think like when they come in here and they see like myself or Matt um, or O'Shane and like, you know, O'Shane's got like 5% body fat and he looks like a fucking superhero and they're just like, oh, he's perfect. Uh, he's not perfect. I've seen O'Shane eat 30 candy bars in a sitting. I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's not recommended, yeah, it's but not it's recommended, fun. But like everyone goes through ebbs and flows. Like even the most perfect person who you, like Ryan Reynolds goes through bad days. Like, you know, he may appear perfect, but like he's having his issues too. And so is everyone else who's super successful. It's like, relax. Mm-hmm. Chill. Um, right, the next question I just wrote to be funny in the email. Um, <laughs> I actually answered it in my head. <laughs> so, so before the podcast, I always send, you know, the guests, uh, a list of questions just so they have an idea so it's not like we're just you know surprising people and i wrote if you had, if you had to kill someone and hide the body how would you do it now i'm curious because i didn't think you would actually well i looked at it and i was like oh this is just like a fun off-topic question <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's because i listen to a lot of crime junkie and i listen to i've watched dexter okay so like i've seen or heard a lot of stories but i probably would poison somebody okay would be like my way of, of killing them and yeah. then i'd hide them in like a brush where animals will eat them so they'll never be found. Gotcha. But they also, if they happen to be, it's not like a suspicious way of death. Gotcha. Okay. So crazy. Cool. I yeah. sound a little crazy, but no. I <laughs> let's be honest. Like with the amount of TV and like stuff, because like I watch Dexter too, and you like you're watching it, and you're like, hmm, like if the day ever comes, that's probably not a bad idea. And like you just read stuff on the internet. Like I read some on the internet. They're like, listen, if you have to hide a body and you like bury it, they're like, don't bury it lengthwise, because when helicopters are looking for holes they look for a lengthwise they're like no you you dig a one foot hole and you dig it seven feet deep and then you and then they're like they'll just think that's a tree that's pretty smart i know we're getting pretty dark here i know (laughs) and also like another kind of thinking of the the same lines did you watch ozark yeah i loved ozark so you can put them under your pool and nobody would know exactly but you also have to be rich enough to install a pool. I mean. So, but at the same time, if you're killing people, you're probably desperate and you're going to take out a loan to get a pool. Um, yeah. All right. Good. 
Good, uh, good topic. <laughs> I, I should probably let every listener know that we don't in- endorse murder here. Um, talk out your problems. Um, violence is usually not the answer. Sometimes it feels good, but it's not the answer most of the times. Um, <laughs> Get a good workout in, and you'll feel better. Yeah, you will. I, I literally just made a video today about like when you feel shitty. Guaranteed, you're gonna feel better after a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, um, books. Are you a reader at all? Um. Kind of recently. So when I was looking at the list of things, I was like, I'm not a podcast listener, but I just recently started books. Um, So my top three, I would say, are Atomic Habits. So it's kind of interesting because I feel like they're like one, like kind of just like habit building book, one in a a weird way, self-help book, and then one nutrition book. So my Atomic Habits, I think, is like a huge one. I think everybody's going to learn from it. You can read it a thousand times and learn something new every time. Mm Um, The second one is called Run Happy. Um, It's a husband and wife who like just kind of teach you. It's a lot of other lessons too, but it was, I was started reading it when I was marathon training. Right. And it was just like kind of help you embrace the run and help you like, no, if you're training for something, don't say like, I want to train for just this one marathon or I want to do it in certain amount of hours because like the second that you're done, then what? Yeah. So it was really neat. Um, I've been reading that one. I've been reading that one like over and over, but it's been a good staple. And then the third one is actually Intuitive Eating, which it's the newest book in my like little library, but it's been teaching me a ton of stuff so far. I'm not even finished with it yet, but it's just like it's helped tremendously with just counseling clients and also learning like when somebody, and I'm sure you've heard before, like when clients are coming to you and they want to start either training or start changing their diet, there's like the last supper where they go crazy and they eat everything and they're like, all right, well now I'll start because I just like ate everything I can. I'm like, this is so neat because that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. A lot of my clients have several last suppers and they're always the last one. Right. It's like, come on now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, all right. You just said you're not a big podcast person, so I won't ask which podcast you recommend. Um, (laughs) is there anything we did not talk about that you would like to add or just put forth into the world um kind of along the lines of like the be gracious like I think it's just like it's a journey so enjoy it let yourself have the fuck ups let yourself have the piece of cake Mm -hmm. but in the long run like keep enjoying the journey because when it's fun you'll sustain it forever yeah absolutely um so Morgan, where can the listeners of this podcast find out more about you? Ooh, um, so they can find me on Instagram. My like handle is my first and last name Morgan Farrick RDN. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they ever are interested about my the company that I work for, we are on Point Nutrition. So um, they have we have an Instagram, and all of the dietitians have one. But we do a lot of reels. It's a lot of fun. It's gotcha. a cool website to even just to, to look at and learn too. Yep. And I'll link all that stuff in the show notes. So if anyone is curious, you can go and just click on it um, and it'll take you right there. Um, Morgan, thanks for taking time out of your Friday to come and speak to little old me. Uh, I had fun. I thought this was one of the better podcasts that Yay. I've ever done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was a blast. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I always hate ending these things because they're super awkward. So see you next time. <laughs>